The following podcast uses words that lawyers don't use in court, even though they're thinking them. Hello and welcome to episode 312 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Today on the show, we tackled another batch of personal statements. I would say these were better than average, but still not great. Right. Yeah, they were. There was not an A in the bunch. Um, nope. They were in the uh, B minus and below range. They they all had something to work with though. So hopefully we were able to give some productive help. Yep. This will air on Monday, August twenty third. You have the October LSAT registration deadline coming up two days from now on August uh, 25th. Then the November LSAT registration deadline is at the end of September, September 29th. These are all Wednesdays, by the way. Um, Wednesday, uh, September 29th. Anyways, the October LSAT is the week of October 9th, and the November LSAT is the week of November 13th. If you have not heard about Nathan's October 2021 LSAT study group, it's free. It's every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can go sit down with Nathan in a Zoom classroom, and he will yell at you <laughs> until you get your act together, right? And help help people prepare for the October LSAT. All you have to have is a demon-free account at lsatdemon.com. Yeah, it's it's actually one of the most fun classes that I teach every week. I really enjoy it a lot. It's a good mix of continuing demon students and um, just, you know, brand new free people who just want to come ask us a question. People queue up and they ask whatever question about anything they want to ask about um, right now because it's, you know, getting ready for what we got like six weeks probably till the October LSAT. Um, it's going to be about making a strategy to, you know, how, how are we going to get from where we are today to where we want to be by the time the October test rolls around. So the first couple of weeks of the, this new study group are going to be, um, focused on, yeah, like building your study. Cool, plan. Man. All right, let's jump into these statements. Let's do it. All right. So this first personal statement is from a, for the last four years, I've worked at a California lemon law firm as a senior case analyst. My position has given me insight into the impact that a defective vehicle or, quote, lemon can have on a person's life. Being fluent in Spanish has allowed me to connect with Spanish-speaking consumers who often express that they have felt discriminated against when they report their car troubles. The issues in a faulty vehicle can vary from defective brakes to transmission failure and in the most severe cases can involve the vehicle catching on fire. These dangerous narratives are far too common, but they are also the driving force behind my work. That's the first paragraph of seven paragraphs. What do you think? Well... So the first sentence is very important to me. And this one says, for the last four years, I've worked at a California lemon law firm. Until I knew this person was talking about cars. You thought there was, I was kinda talking like, Wait. about citrus? Yeah. Are you, are, you, yeah, are you talking about citrus or are okay. you shitting on your law firm? Oh. Right. So <laughs> like I worked at a shitty law firm and what? And so it's, it, it's not that I thought that's definitely what you were saying. I just was 
kind of had a pause. Why not just say I worked at a law firm that specializes in, you know, these car cases or, or something like that. I, Defective vehicles. She could have gotten, I don't know why I keep saying she, it's a, it's anonymous, but yeah. Why introduce Lemon Law Firm and then explain it? Yeah. I also, the second sentence kind of bugged me, you know, as a senior case analyst, my position has given me insight into the impact that a defective vehicle or Lemon can have on a person's life. It, it, yeah, I don't care. States in mind, every right? time it's like every personal statement we we read these days. It's like stop, please stop talking yeah. about your own mental states. Like the fact yeah. that this gave you insight, I don't. It just doesn't do anything for the reader. We we want to know what you did after you got that insight. What do you actually do yeah. at the law firm? Yeah. Look, delete this sentence and then move senior case analyst into the first yeah, sentence. Yeah, instead of I have year. worked at. Yes, which is vague and what you could be uh, a janitor for all we know. So I I am a senior case analyst at a... California law what? firm working on def- defective vehicle cases. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can wordsmith it, but it's like you open up, you cut down your personal statement length, and you bring out the details that actually matter. Yeah. I, I she then goes into she mentions that she's fluent in Spanish, which I you know that is a yep. major feather in your cap, and I do like throwing it in there, but you know, being fluent in Spanish has allowed me to connect with Spanish speaking consumers. It's just a little like too much. You say you speak yeah, Spanish. Yeah, it's trying too it. hard. Yeah, you don't have <laughs> yeah. to explain why that's good. I know that that's good. It doesn't really add anything. Totally. Everybody, so it's like we want you to pick a good time in your life where you're succeeding. We want you then to pick the best facts that show you succeeding. And then we want you to prune out everything else. Here, you could say, Fluent in Spanish, comma, I often helped Spanish-speaking customers with their car troubles or something like that. I don't yeah. know if that's the, I don't, the best way to say it, but just get in We got to keep it moving here, but I, I don't... I, I don't I don't really want to hear about these people feeling discriminated against when they report their car troubles necessary. It's like it's just again with the plight of the downtrodden and yeah, yeah, yep. I understand. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm not I yes, I know discrimination exists and it sucks and it's a real thing, but you don't you're not getting any brownie points from your reader by mentioning the the troubles of other people. Right. All we need. It's it's their mental states. Right. <laughs> yeah, so we we totally. heard your mental states. Now we're hearing the mental states of other people yeah. even f- further from. What yeah. we and then know. the last sentence of that paragraph, these dangerous narratives are far too common, but they are the driving force behind my work. It's it's complaining about the state of the world. Right. Mm -hmm. There's well, there's too many of these lemon complaints. It's like, okay, but that's your job. And you're saying that's your job. And why? So why bitch about it? Like, we understand that there are people who have complaints. (laughs) They people have claims. 
mm-hmm. you know? And by yeah. the way, there's an attorney on the other side who thinks that there are far too many of these dangerous narratives because they think that it's frivolous and the the car company has done the best they can. And, you know, I mean, like, we shouldn't take a side, really. Yeah. Just talk about your work. And the yeah. last the last bit of that last sentence there is they are the driving force behind my work, which, again, is a reference to mental states. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, exactly. this is why I do the work. OK, but what do you do? Yep. Like other than speaking Spanish, <laughs> we've got a whole first paragraph here and there's no doing of anything. Nope. It's about the troubles of others. It's not about what you've done to solve All right, it. I'm going to I'm going to just try to read like another paragraph and a half in one shot and then we'll make some okay. final comments. Our firm assists consumers cool. in filing individual lawsuits that force the car manufacturer to take the vehicle back and provide a full refund. As I speak with potential clients, I analyze their situation to determine if our firm can help get their vehicle repurchased. I provide callers with the tools to protect themselves from manufacturers that do not want to take responsibility for the faulty vehicles they produce. Again, like the bitching, right? Just bitching about the world and these these evil car manufacturers. It's not enough about what you're doing. Um, yeah, likely my favorite aspect of the job. Wait, likely my favorite aspect of the job. You're the one who determines what the favorite, what your favorite aspect <laughs> is. So I don't know what likely is yeah. all about, but yeah. why are you likely the my favorite aspect of the job is that the clients do not pay us to represent them. The car manufacturer is responsible for our fees. This is a crucial aspect of the Lemon Law process because most of our clients come from low-income backgrounds. Despite my years of experience, it is still upsetting to hear about consumers that are struggling to make their payments on vehicles that turn out to be defective. It's a sad story, but we're not supposed you're not supposed to be making us sad. We want to see you as a winner. We want to hear about winning. There's no winning so far. There's no winning so far. And also by talking so much about, oh, you know, woe is the downtrodden. There's this skeptical side of me that's like, okay, well, how many cars just have problems, period? Like, is this really unique to low income families? I mean, what happens when you buy a used car, right? Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying these problems don't exist, but well, in all legal cases, there's two sides to right. a story. And like what I just feel like you're so right. on one side now that it's hard to listen well, to you. You know, and I mean, I, I hate to be this cynical. I, yeah. I'm a, I like I, I wish that everybody could go to law school and be a do gooder. That'd be great. But that ain't yeah. that. Ain't, it's not just it's not how it works. You know, like the people who make a lot of money as lawyers are the people who are going to be on the other side of this case. Yeah, the, the people who are representing the car manufacturers from these claims. <clears throat> and so she's and they're not always wrong, by right. the way. It's not like the guys on the other side of this case are always the sinister go for the corporation. She's painting it in that way. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care. I'm not I'm, I'm trying not to take a side, but yeah. you have yeah. to realize that there are attorneys on both sides. And nothing is clear in the eyes of the court. And if I was in a law school reading this, I would be it's like, oh, so she wants to go work for clients who can't pay. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's just not where jobs come from. You get paid. You have to get paid. And I get it. She's a plaintiff's lawyer. The defendant has to pay if they get a judgment. I get it. Still. 
that's not where like the money is. And this, this application to me then starts to look like, Oh boy, you know, she, she wants to do, she wants to be a do-gooder and we got so many of those. That's what most of these essays end up sounding like. And I feel you, my heart goes out to you. I hope that you can indeed go to law school and fight the good fight as you see it. But you just have to realize that like big law firm lawyers and the reason why lawyers make six figures on average is because you'd be on the other side of these cases. Anyway, um, we're almost done. We're out of time here. Uh, It is elating. This is the beginning of the third paragraph. I find this really grating. It is elating to know that consumer protection laws such as the Song-Beverly Act exist. Again, mental states. I love a particular piece of law. That's what you just said. Well, yeah, I am super happy. It is elating to know. So it's double reference to mental states. And you're super happy that this Song-Beverly Act exists, which, by the way, we've never heard of before. I don't know what that is. So... Uh, less, less, less opinion generally, right? Just, just Mm -hmm. say what you do at work. I still don't really know you're, I I know you're on the phone with these people, Yep. but why don't you talk more about the nuts and bolts of what you actually do? Like, what's it look like to file one of these claims? How long does it take? What do you do during the proceedings? When you get a judgment, what happens? How does that all go down? You could have told me like much more about what it looks like inside of this actual world instead of this lofty, like, I feel bad for people who don't speak English and I'm glad that there's these laws that protect. It's it's not a we're not here for your political opinions. Okay, Um, we get we got a bunch of these lined up. We're going to try to keep them to 10 minutes each. So I believe that that is all the time we have for a thank you. Yep. Yeah, thanks for sending that in. I will say overall, <laughs> this is a better statement than a lot that we've seen. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a C. It's more clearly written, right? So, and there's there's a potential here, there's a story here that you can definitely uh, use to your advantage. Yeah, just okay. stop like rhapsodizing about the law. Ain't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree with you that that one is better edited. Ready for Diana? Yeah. Yep. Timer, go. I became the director of constituent services for my hometown congresswoman on the Texas-U.S.-Mexico border in 2019. A little clunky Texas-U.S.-Mexico border. Yeah, three three, uh, (laughs) adjectives there describing You could have called it Texas-slash-Mexico or U.S.-slash-Mexico. I guess Texas is a little more specific. Sure, but... You could even say, I became the director of constituent services for my hometown congresswoman on the Texas border. I think we'd understand. Right. Well, Texas doesn't have a border with anywhere else. And we know that you're not talking about the border between Texas and Oklahoma. (laughs) A lot of disputes going on there between Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. I so okay. It's not horrible. It's it's kind of like your I am sentences that you recommended at one point, right? It's it's I became, 
it's like an origin story, but at, uh, at least it's grounding in the sense, okay, I have some picture of who you are. Or what yeah, you're you're, doing. you're a, di- a director working for a congresswoman. What do you think about all these caps? She, they've got... She, I don't love yeah, it. Yeah, she's got director yeah. of constituent services capitalized. I don't think that needs to be capitalized. She's not going to use a proper noun with that. Nope. Yeah. So I don't think it needs to be capitalized. And also congresswoman probably could be lowercase, right? She's not naming I, I agree. the congresswoman. Yeah, if you said Congresswoman, you know, Blank, Jones then you need or whatever, cap, but yeah. yeah, then you need it. But no, titles don't don't. It, they they also kind of. It, it's almost like you're making them grander than they are. They tend. It's almost like an overselling technique. It's like, yeah, okay, you're a director of constituent services. Great. There's lots of roles out there. Next sentence. My role was to oversee a staff that would mediate between constituents and federal agencies. Okay, I don't love the to be here. Um, my role was just say I oversaw. Yeah, why why make your role the subject of the sentence? Yep. It could have been I. All right, keep going. Mm-hmm. Constituent issues ranged from helping business owners get owed back taxes from the IRS to assisting veterans with navigating the Veterans Affairs Administration. Seems still like a missed opportunity to say I you know, the subject yep. there is constituent issues. What did they do? Yes. They ranged from yeah. this to that. Just start, stop, put I as the subject of your sentences. I or, in, in you know, you can sprinkle in we yeah. if you if you really feel like your team is what did it. Fine. Well, we yeah. help. She's overseeing a staff that's yeah. mediating between constituents and federal agencies. We helped business owners get oh, get back taxes from the IRS. We assisted veterans with the VA administration, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Upon okay, double space after your period, which is odd because okay. over over <laughs> overall this seems to be well edited. Upon taking this role, I learned that I had more experience in congressional work than the district director, my direct supervisor. Okay, I would just cut that entirely. You don't need to tell us that you learned or realized again, mental states, but also just shitting on your exactly district. director. Yep. It's like you're shitting on the whole organization when you do something like that. It's like, I came into this shit show and I realized that I had more experience than my damn boss. And that it's like, okay, what did you do there? Yeah. It, it has the opposite effect of what you're mm-hmm. thinking. You're thinking that it's selling yourself, but it actually now I, I question it one really. And like, <laughs> it's almost like people who have more experience don't come in and say they have more right. experience. They just, I began setting up processes for intake, directed our staff on handling challenging individuals in emotionally charged situations, super vague, and helped the team navigate the intricacies of communicating with different federal agencies. It's all just kind of vague. Why this list of three different things? Yeah, that seem kind of... (laughs) I mean, unrelated. Sure, you did all these things, but they're all vague. Set up... I began setting up processes for intake. Okay, can you elaborate? And this emotionally charged situation thing. I would just, just cut like, that. Yeah. I don't want to hear about the drama. You directed your staff on challenging individuals. Stop, don't talk about challenging individuals. No, it reflects back on you. You think they're challenging. Maybe just handle the problem. Right. I also helped my supervisor create continuity memos and produced templates for legislative correspondence. 
Okay, at this point, I'm kind of overwhelmed with your list of things. Right, that's another two things. Items. There were three things in the previous sentence, then two things in that sentence, and they're all kind of vague. I mean, I guess I... I don't know what a continuity member right. is. What is that? Continuity of government? You're creating a... Yeah, like, here's what, here's how we transition to the next administration. I mean, I guess. I'm totally wildly guessing, though, which I probably shouldn't be doing. And, and why? Is that a need? I don't, I don't understand. No. As I attended meetings with local government representatives, we developed relationships that allowed us to have insight into responding to surges with asylum seekers at our international ports of entry. We developed relationships that allowed us to have insight into responding to surges with asylum seekers. That should probably be of asylum seekers at our international ports of entry. Way too many clauses there overlapping, right? And this alone could be a whole paragraph. Well, yeah, I'm, story. I would love to hear more about that. But, like, we developed relationships that allowed us to have insight. That's, the, <laughs> you know, I got to get that ref that mental state in there. Yeah. What did you do? You... You solved a problem. There were surges of asylum seekers at your international ports of entry, and you had to do something about it? Great. I would like to hear a lot about that. How about this? I met with local government representatives to mm. understand. No. How about to develop a response to, yeah, to these to, surges yeah, exactly. of asylum seekers? To develop a response to this resurgence in asylum seekers. Yep. Yeah. There you go. The, you did something nifty there, Ben, that the use of two. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't have like a better name for that, but it's a very useful little word. And mm -hmm. you could just get right to the point instead of this allowed us to have insight into responding to. No, you respond. You, you met with them to respond to the surges and notice what happened there too i came up with a revision that was dramatically shorter than the one she had and then you cut that down even further like editing is just yeah. this constant process of taking out the garbage yep. your statements are filled with garbage not you personally well yes yours is everyone's Diana, is everyone's yeah and mine yeah. i i write stuff all the time and that's like cut yep cut, need to write it like cut. four times longer and then cut it way down yep building on this work unnecessary wording building on this work my staff and i were able to advocate for the release of political asylum seekers on hunger strikes at the local migrant detention facility okay don't say building on this work just tell us yep. how you, and advocate that's one of those words that we see a lot in these statements but it's vague and i don't know what it means it's right uh, yeah like, my staff and i were able to advocate yeah can you just say what you did what do you mean you advocated? How? Where? What did that look like? Is it in writing? Is it out loud? Did you make phone calls? What'd you do? Okay. Advocacy can take a lot of different yeah. forms. My team became so proficient in the first few months of opening our district office that another newly elected congresswoman from a geographically adjacent congressional office. Okay, too many mm, adjectives. Yeah, another congresswoman. What did she do? She asked if... 
technically it should be whether, if we could take all their constituent cases while they figured out how to set up their office. Mm, I, there's a point there that seems kind of good. Like, yeah. Seems good, but yeah, say it in a lot fewer words, right? right? What's the while they figured out how to set up their office? Cut all that. What That doesn't have yep. anything to do with you. Just say that this other congresswoman asked your office to take your, your team cases. in particular to take their cases. Like, okay, we got yeah, it. We got they it. saw what it. you were doing. What else you got? Yeah. Yep. A year into my work in the district office, the congresswoman asked me to manage her reelection campaign. During the first few months of planning, we learned about the possibility of a global pandemic as I met with consultants and stakeholders in D.C. We were ready to start canvassing and knocking on doors when we realized how badly our border community suffered from inspection rates and death. We decided to cancel our door-to-door canvassing program before it began. I knew that we would be facing a more reckless opponent who would not who would not stop face-to-face meetings and that meeting the candidate was important for voters. Um I reached out to other political operatives and campaigns to learn how they were adjusting their operations. However, nobody knew how to run a political movement in the middle of a pandemic. There's a lot of sentences here where I feel like you could just cut and get to <laughs> We all get that the pandemic introduced these challenges. And I'd love to hear your solution to the problem rather than your journey to yeah. that solution. We're out of time for Diana. Um, okay. That's two paragraphs. There, yeah, again, it, it does seem like there's something there, but there's just, it's buried in a lot of extra words. Yeah. I would say that the two statements so far are B, <laughs> B plus, B minus, whatever, somewhere in that range statements. They have, they're, they're heading down the right path. They're talking about something professional, but they're too wordy and they don't get into the yeah. facts that will so, most sell their case. So far, these are better than last week. By far. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. This is Jacob. Yep. I work full time as an HVAC contractor while going to school, period. And that's a one sentence first paragraph. Okay. We know what Jacob does. Yeah, and I'm picturing him in school and having a full-time job. Working on air conditioning systems. I began my transition from working as a service technician to an outside sales home advisor in May of 2019. I don't care about your transition. Right. What do you do? I'm also confused now because... When you said you were an HVAC contractor, I thought you were doing service. But now it looks yep. like you're doing outside sales. So the the choice of contractor, I think, I, I appreciate that Jacob was trying to tell me, here's what I am in the world. But yep. because contractor was vague, now he's doing this complicated, well, see, I used to be a service technician and now I'm an outside sales home advisor, whatever that is. Uh. You know what this illustrates? It illustrates the vagueness of the word work. And we've talked about this before. Work, yeah, okay, it's an active verb. It's better than I was or even my role was. But why not replace work with what you did? I sell HVAC systems I sell HVAC systems. Yeah, totally. My job entails 
Okay, you're making your job the subject of the sentence instead of making you yep. the subject of the sentence. So not, yeah, God, it, boy, my job entails estimating. No, I estimate the cost of replacing a heating and cooling system, present options, and assist homeowners with making purchasing decisions. I yeah. was correcting Jacob's shit there as I went. He's using he, what he the way he actually wrote it. My job entails estimating, presenting options, and assisting homeowners. So then he's got the ing on every one of those verbs mm. because it's he's referring to his his job entails those things <laughs> instead of just I just do saying, these things. Uh, what you do, yeah. yeah. In January 2020, I completed my first solo month as a sales representative. That month, I had the highest closed business amount in the company at $84,000. I continued to have success in February and March, both times exceeding total sales from the month prior. Uh, do you need the play-by-play? -play? No, I just want to know that you were successful. I'm also confused by the solo month, like you're you're on your own, I guess. I don't know, understand even what that means. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like I guess saying in your first month you sold more than anybody else in the company, that's pretty good. Yeah, just leave it at that. Mic drop. Yeah. Okay. Then COVID-19 forced widespread shutdowns. As companies were forced to close their doors, my company and I saw an opportunity to assist our community. I spearheaded the launch of our Shop Local campaign, a small business relief program intended to support businesses that were forced to suspend operation. That should probably be operations. We asked our community to buy gift cards at local service industry businesses, fill out our program form, and we would then mail a matched gift card up to $75. That's a real bad sentence. Um, it looked like you were going to say a list of things that you asked your community to do. Yep. The middle then, thing, <laughs> fill out our program form. That's continuing the previous you asked your community to do that. But then comma, and we would then mail a matched gift. That should just make it two separate sentences. Make it two separate sentences. But to get into the grammar, if you're going to create a list, then you need to finish that list. You didn't finish that list. So now you need and between your two first items. Yeah. We and also offered weird. to deliver a free MERV 13 filtration mask insert to anyone who requested. You needed to say it, not them because you had used a yeah. filtration mask singular. So anyone who requested it would be the word to end that sentence, not them. Yep. The editing in Jacob's statement is not as good as it was in the A's or Diana's statement. Yeah. Um, Story-wise, I'm a little confused. It's like, how did I saw an opportunity to assist our community strike you? Because I had thoughts. <laughs> oh, uh, it, it struck me as overselling. Because uh, right away I'm like, you're trying to help your community or are you trying to help your business? Yeah, well, it to me, it yeah, it struck me as, come on, dude. You were just telling me how you're a record sales guy. I have great respect for that. My dad was a salesman. It's an important part of how business gets done. 
it's a big part of what lawyers do, especially partners do, is business development. I was going to be fully on board with Jacob as like a baller sales guy. And then instead he's, it's like, he's, he's like shying away from that. And he's trying to get into, he's, he wants to get in on the helping the community like everybody else. Don't do that. Everybody else is already helping their community. You don't need to brag about helping your community. Well, my bigger problem is that I don't even like, I'm like, really? Right. Were you? Well, yeah. yeah. But, well, because that's my other, like my business brain is looking at this and going, oh, so you're matching gift cards up to $75 and sending out free Merv 13 filtration mask inserts. That's nice of you. <laughs> like, but that costs money. I mean, $75 matching gift card, whatever. So you're just giving away all your money. I mean, there has to be a business reason for doing this. Yeah. And you're having them fill out the form. You're going to mail them a matched gift card. You're also probably going to mail them your catalog of services or something. I mean, it's like, there's gotta be a point to this besides helping the community. (laughs) Like there's nothing wrong with helping your community, but that's not how business gets done. And there's nothing wrong with doing this, even like as a business motivated by business. The problem is you're kind of pitching it. Like you're this good Samaritan. And we're kind of like, are you a good Samaritan or are you a good Samaritan who has a card up his sleeve? I coordinated the pro- the program logistics and outreach. I developed the program form to collect the participants missing apostrophe information. Mm-hmm. I connected with local businesses by attending online networking events to advertise the program. Too much going on in the, that sentence. Jacob, your editing sucks. One of the substantial challenges to the program was that some smaller businesses had not set up a way to offer gift cards online, being that the storefronts were closed. You probably want to say because the storefronts were closed. They also That becomes your verb now. They also did not have access to physical cards. I don't even understand what's going on, really. I assisted these companies by developing an e-voucher system we could offer in place of gift cards. Some of the businesses I worked with did not have the ability to implement the voucher system. I coordinated with these business owners to ensure that all of their clientele who participated in the program received a matched donation for their contribution. It seems like something cool happened here. I'm having a hard time kind of understanding it. Yeah. I processed over 200 receipts and vouchers we had received. Omit, we had received. By organizing a spreadsheet to track participant contributions, I arranged the purchasing of the correlating gift cards and provided the necessary tax forms to our accountant. Many participants did not provide us all of the necessary information I needed to mail their gift card. I reached out to these people and collected the missing information. I then drafted a letter regarding the program's impact and mailed it out with each of the gift cards. I also packaged and coordinated the delivery of care packages that were given to the employees of the impacted businesses. I fielded customer service requests regarding the program and analyzed ways to make the process more efficient. I, I have to know how you made money on this. 
Surely you made money on this. The campaign generated over $40,000 paid out as a match to the receipts we received. Wait, so you guys paid $40,000 in matching? We also delivered over 1,000 mask inserts to local nursing homes, medical facilities, and other businesses. Through social media, I helped spread the word to other HVAC contractors, which resulted in the program being initiated world uh, nationwide. By whom? In total, over $500,000 was generated to support small businesses across the country. Boy, he, he's he's claiming all that like as his accomplishment. In addition to managing the shop local relief program, I continued to work full time in the home advisor capacity. In June of 2020, I became the first employee in customer history to close over $200,000 in a single month. By the end of 2020, I had closed over $1.2 million of business with a company high 45% close rate and $9,500 average sale. Since then, I have continued to be the, the top sales representative at the company. In July 2021, I once again broke the single month sales record, closing over $299,000. In total, I have sold over $3 million across 26 months. I am eager to learn how my experience as a sales representative can benefit my transition into the legal industry. Ooh. <laughs> so <laughs> Me too. Actually, um, this is... <laughs> You, you're, you're almost selling yourself as a salesperson so much that now I'm right. kind of like, wait, you're kicking ass. Why are you coming to law right. school? And then you, you turn around and you say, I, I'm curious why I'm going to law school. <laughs> I think Jacob like, should not go to law school. Uh, Jacob, yeah. you're too successful in what you're doing right now. Why the hell would you go to law school? I mean. Yeah, why? you sound like you don't know yourself. Right. I am eager to learn how my experience as a sales rep can benefit my transition. I, I think you're going to get into the legal industry and you're going to go, shit, why did I do that? Why don't I go back to doing what I was so good at? Yeah. Um, this is a, this, you know, normally you don't have to explain it to law schools. If you, if you present yourself as such a baller, you don't have to like make the connection super tight as to what kind of a lawyer you're going to be. But Jacob yeah. went so hard I mean, besides the whole middle thing about COVID, Jacob went so hard on the I'm a kick-ass HVAC sales guy that I do think the reader naturally is going to go, wait, so law school? Because why? Yeah, I, I think you need to say something. I like the one sentence, final paragraph transition yeah. statement. of. But I think, Jacob, you need to like say something specific that you think you want to do. Yeah. And if you really have no clue, then don't go. <laughs> just don't go. Yeah, right. You're you're like this it doesn't I don't see anything here that makes me think like, "Oh yeah, well, you should absolutely be going to law school." Are you sick of sales or something? Like I I don't understand. Right. Yeah. Um What do you think about the whole COVID? I actually think it's something you could definitely write about. I just think it's unfortunate that he he started off by overselling it. Like as companies were forced to close their doors, my company and I saw an opportunity to assist our community. Just say, um, as companies close their doors, I spearheaded the launch of our, quote, shop local campaign. All of a sudden, it's like, now you're just telling me what you did. 
I don't right. have to judge whether it was a community I, effort or not. I, think, I just like, oh, okay, cool. What'd you do? I want to know how Jacob's company benefited from all this. Yeah, that would be interesting. It would really fit his narrative of a kick-ass like. I, it's got to be his. It's got to be his company is selling right. He's selling gift cards to local service businesses as a like a hey, we're fucked because COVID. We have to close down our operations. Help us out. And the community is like, yeah, yeah, of course. We know you. We we live here. You live here. We're going to use your services next year or whatever. So we'll buy a gift card from you to keep you going. Right? Yeah. And that's what is happening. But so I think Jacob, Jacob made sales through this because it, it looks like too much charity. Like if, if his company is just giving away $40,000 or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't understand how it just doesn't doesn't like mesh with Jacob's story about business generation. But the crazy thing is though, right? Like even if Jacob never tells us why they gave away this $40,000, if he drops the claim that this was a community outreach effort, in some ways it becomes less important. <laughs> like you just kind of maybe assume that it was to benefit the business and you, you don't have all these like, skeptical thoughts about it you're just like oh okay well that's what happened probably benefited the business okay right now anyways one other thing i wanted to say really quick we're probably out of time but in this one let's see you're one two three four fifth paragraph jacob you say many participants did not provide us all the necessary information i needed to mail their gift card okay aside from the fact that that sentence is wordy you're doing what a lot of people do and it's like too much explanation for the problem. Just say to get the information that some people were lacking, um, I reached out to these people or I set up a process to reach out to these people. I don't like actually it's using that word too again, right? To do X, I did Y. Instead of saying we had this big problem X and then new sentence, I did Y, just say to fix X, I did Y. Yeah, totally. It's all, it's like, that's a very mundane issue, by the way. Like they forgot yeah, to put their address and you have, it kind of re reveals your youthfulness, right? It's like, Oh, sorry, Jacob. But it just, it's like, Oh, we had this problem. The information was incomplete. It's like, yeah, yeah. That's like super common in life, which is fine. It's just, I don't know. It's like what details he, he's got all these big achievements but he chose to go down this rabbit hole of calling people to get their address. Yeah. Which I don't, th that doesn't really fit with the millions of dollars of sales you've made. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I might just cut the whole COVID thing and just talk more about like what it's like to sell these systems. Possibly. Yeah. All right. Not horrible, not horrible topic. Um, I, again, these statements so far have been much better than the ones we've seen on the last few episodes. Maybe people are actually listening. That one was like a B for content and like a D for editing, though. The other ones. D for editing. Yeah. yeah. Those sentences yeah, cut were stuff out. not good. Get Grammarly. Okay. Ready for Levi? Yep. So Levi sent me a personal statement. I quickly looked at it, and these are three things I told him to do. And then he sent this statement back to us. 
I want to see whether he followed our advice. I have a feeling he didn't entirely follow it, or my advice at least. Cut all the stuff at the beginning telling us what happened before you got your job. So he had a bunch of stuff about, oh, this is how I got to my job. I was like, cut all of that. Second piece of advice I gave him was cut all the sentences that tell us how you felt or what you realized, the state of mind sentences. Yep. I also told him to cut anything negative. For example, he had repeated a couple of times that he had no experience teaching and stuff like that. Um, and then I sent him your uh, blog post article, which by the way, you can find at blog.lsatdemon.com. Uh, I think it was why your personal statement sucks. <laughs> okay. Anyways, here's Levi's personal statement. During the COVID shutdown, I moved to West Alice after completing my undergraduate studies. Cut that sentence. Okay. Cut it entirely. I don't care about your moving around the country. I accepted a job offer to teach in an inner city school in Milwaukee. I don't care about your accepting of a job. I <laughs> yeah. want to know what you did at the yeah. job. I accepted the position of second grade teacher at Hope Christian Schools at Fortis. Again, I so he had a lot more paragraphs telling how he got here. I told him to cut those, and he still left this in. Levi, you got to get rid of all that. That whole first paragraph is just so, it's it sucks. I mean, you could have said, I am a second grade teacher. You don't need to name... You don't need to tell me where you live. You don't need to name your school. That's on your resume. Nope. You got to tell me a story about teaching second grade. I would love that. But this to be to be clear, Levi, your sentences are clear. Right? They're short. They're easy to read. They just the content is not what There's nothing there. I don't give a shit that There's you moved there. after under after undergrad. <laughs> Everyone does that. <laughs> I I accepted a job offer. Yeah. Oh wait. Hey, what happened before that, Levi? Did you send in a resume to them? And they did they interview you? We don't want to hear about those things. So why do we want to hear about you accepting the job offer? Yeah. And he says it twice, two sentences in a row. I accepted a job yeah. offer and then I accepted the position. What are you doing? Okay. Congrats on cutting the paragraphs you did. Keep going. Uh, you needed to go further. Yeah. Yep. Next paragraph. I split my attention between the students who are at school and those who are at home. Okay. Um, splitting your attention is not a great um, subject of a sentence. Or sorry, verb. I created a I created lesson plans for both sets of students and had to adjust how I delivered the plans to the online students. I taught two separate times to the virtual students. What's that mean? Yeah. I had to keep the in-person students engaged with their work while I taught the virtual students. As soon as I finished teaching the virtual students, I had to switch to teaching the in-person students. Okay. Uh... One thing you're doing a lot here, one, you're repeating yourself, but you're also saying had, 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 right? Instead of saying, oh, I had to do this, which makes it sound like you're in, like you're reacting put to upon. Yes. It's not, it's not get, it's not like you got to do it. You had to do it. You had to do it. Just tell you what you did. Yeah, I did. Just say, again, we can use this two phrase, right? To keep the in-person students engaged 
while I worked with the virtual students, comma, I did what? What did Wait, you yeah, do? Yeah, because he doesn't even say there's no content here other than no. my attention was split and I kept switching back and forth. So. All right. Okay. Our schedule was compacted due to COVID guidelines. So our block for teaching was shorter than it would have been otherwise. That's what it means to be compacted. So you're kind of repeating yourself and again. Also, so you that's Jacob or uh, is this sorry? This is Levi. You're not there's no action there. You're not doing anything. There's no action. Nope. You're just telling us again a problem. It's kind okay. of like what you were doing in the previous with the hat. I had to do these things. Our recess time was cut short and my school was not allowed to use the gym. I utilized Nope. Never say utilized. I utilized active brain break breaks so students could get exercise what are you even talking I, about i'd be done with know. this one man i would not i would not read any more of this yeah I, that's i'd that'd be all the time i would have for levi okay but there's no achievement like what what did you where get to the winning like yeah covid happened yeah and you're it was all fucked up yeah Literally everyone on earth knows that. Yep. I'm, I'm not saying it's not a challenge and I, I'm sure you could tell an awesome story. You're just not doing it. You're not telling me the story. You're just telling me the whoa. Yeah. Like, oh, they couldn't do recess. That's a bummer. And okay. I guess he gets to the, I utilized active brain break, whatever that is. But I don't know what that is. That's it. It's a problem. Is like now we finally have you doing something about a problem, and we don't know what your solution actually is. One more paragraph, maybe. I mean, I sure. I'd, I'd be like, there's no. I'd be on to the next one in the pile. But go ahead. Yep. I enforced the mask mandates that the school had in place. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're following the rules. Um, but I don't know why you're telling me that. As well as the social distancing rules. Don't ever say as well as. Nope, you never need it. You can say you can and. say and. At the end of the day, I made sure that each student got to where they needed to go. What does that mean? What are you, what are you talking about? Like you, you're are really you talking driver? about the most mundane parts of your job. After school, I communicated with parents to ensure that their scholars, their scho scholars were coming to school and completing their work. Uh, is that a reference to their kids? Yeah, that's that's a reference to the second graders. That's the teachers, you know, trying to be. It's similar to like school uniforms or whatever. You're trying mm. to like take it real seriously. Yeah, your scholar is doing well in my class. <laughs> yeah. After school, I okay. Sorry, I read that. I completed my lesson plans for the upcoming weeks at night, as did all the other teachers. Every Wednesday, I stayed after school an hour and a half for professional development training. <sighs> so so what okay you're a second so, grade teacher everything you've told me i already knew the second you said you were a second grade teacher during covid so i think levi's heard our advice a million times to use i sentences and i literally levi is just like randomly journaling his day right as opposed to coming up with those situations where you were went above and beyond your call as a teacher. <laughs> you succeeded in some way that would make your supervisors proud. 
right? Like, oh, did you see what Levi did in class? It's like, I enforced the mask mandates. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm glad you did that. Well, That's required. I mean, you also <laughs> busted the kid for chewing gum in class, and you also <laughs> made told them not to use their cell phones, and you also had to keep them quiet when they were bouncing off. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know you're a second grade teacher. You do all those things, but yeah. there's nothing here other than like, yeah. Random journal of day sounds exactly. And I, I appreciate Levi is taking our advice with the I sentences. That's great. But like, you got to pick a story. Have a, there's no, there's nothing here. There's no story. No story. I mean, yeah. look, at the end of the school year, I cleaned up the classroom and ordered classroom supplies for next year's class. He's really taking us literally. He's just like, okay, I'm going to tell you. I mean, that's good that he's listening. Most people don't even listen yeah. at all. Yeah, they don't. But I mean, you do have to pick a story. There's no story here. The last yep. sentence, by the way, here's the closer. I moved back to my hometown to work and save up money for law school. <laughs> okay. Great. There's, you're not putting any, there's no, you got to put your best foot forward here, Levi. And there's no, like, I have literally learned nothing about you other than you're a second grade teacher. Yep. I, there's no personality. There's no story. There's no drama. There's just random things that a second grade teacher does. And this does seem like a situation where you might need to connect it to law school somehow. Cause it's like, so what? Why are you? What, what, what are you doing now? You moved back home to save up for law school because you had to do all these things. You sounded miserable in your job, honestly. You said like I had to do this and then I had to do that and I had to work late. Also, so I mean, like saving up money for law school. <laughs> how? That's a lot of you know. I mean, we'll talk to you in ten years when you've saved up enough money for law school. Yeah. What do you mean by that? It's really living expenses, I guess. Don't pay for law school. Just don't pay for That's law the school. Best way yeah, get it to save up yeah. for, for law school. All right, next. Yep, Genevieve. Genevieve says, I graduated from Illinois State University in May of 2015 uh, with a bachelor's degree in communication. <laughs> that's on your resume. It's on your and transcript. You it's on your resume. It's a, that's not a story. That's not okay. After and, and keep in mind, by the way, just as a litmus test. Everyone who's applying to law school graduated from a university. Indeed. So what are you, you're selling your, like I brush my teeth in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> After graduation, comma, I remember being imprudently confused that my life's work had not appeared to me immediately. Space. I think that's an N dash. Space. Was this not the deal I made for attending college? Question mark. Oh, no. Genevieve, you've made so many mistakes in this sentence. I'm sorry to interrupt. Ben's you laughing because it... This, <laughs> It's a state of mind, right? It's don't care something. what you remembered. Yep. Okay. It's failure. Imprudently confused. You're confused. You want the admissions people to see you in. You have <laughs> what? 20 <laughs> plus years of your life. And you chose to, ch to share with them the moment you were confused. Like, don't do that. So it's a state of mind. It's a failure. And now you're asking a question. 
like the rhetorical question no kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It like Genevieve, you're supposed to be advocating for yourself. You're supposed to be making yourself look like a winner. The only thing I know about you right now is that you graduated in May of 2015 and you were imprudent. Or mm-hmm. you were conf- you were I don't even the use of that word. God damn it. Imp- it's got an L-Y on it too, Ben. Imprudently confused. <laughs> well, keep in mind, it's not even confused. It's being. Being is the verb, right? So you're you're in this state of being. I remember com- being imprudently <laughs> confused. This is an imprudently confusing personal statement is what this is. Like, dude, also keep in mind, we're spending a lot of time on these first two sentences, but they are the ones that matter most. If they don't get through the first sentence and they're the, the next question is, are they going to get through the second one? And at this point, I'm just like, eh. no, I literally would be on to the next one. Yeah, I, I would. You have a stack of these. That's the that's the purpose of this exercise where we're giving everybody like 10 minutes ish. Yeah. In mm-hmm. real life, I think it'd be more like 60 seconds, yeah. you know? And this one, it would just be like, oh, imprudent, didn't figure out. Okay, goodbye. Like, what? <laughs> you're not, because you're not <laughs> telling me a story that makes me want to read more. Yeah. You're telling, I mean, and Genevieve, yes, everyone, everyone had this exact same experience. Everyone graduates from college and has no fucking clue what's going on. Yep. So what? What I lacked was focus and life experience. Yeah, no shit. Failure. That's what happens when you graduate from college. <laughs> I wish I could tell my younger self that everything takes time, space, dash, space. A life's work does not happen overnight. Rhapsodizing. That's a double mental state reference. She wishes today that she could change the mental state of her younger self. With this mm-hmm. bit of wisdom that she has now, six years later. Yep. And then the last sentence of the first paragraph. Every step of my career to date has led me closer to law school and becoming an attorney. Uh, Literally no, cut that nothing. entire first paragraph, Genevieve. That is yep. not at all what you want to do. Get, get, there's nothing to keep there. None of that. Goodbye. Nothing to keep there. And interestingly, I'm curious if this next sentence would be... <laughs> Looks like it could be 10 times better. Yeah, no, well, that happens very frequently, right? Like probably a third of the statements we read. If you just cut the first paragraph, you start in a much better spot. In August... Imagine that we didn't know Genevieve at all. Yeah, sorry. Imagine we didn't know her at all. Now, listen to this anew. Yeah. In August of 2015, I started as a law clerk for Rotman and Rotman Limited. Dash where my legal career began. Um, Genevieve, your <laughs> dash privileges are fully revoked. Like you use them with mm-hmm. spaces sometimes, then you here you don't have spaces. Just stop doing that. You don't you don't need to do that. You also don't need to tell me where my legal career began anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All of these things, Ben, were everywhere that she used a dash, she does not need to include the rest of whatever she put with the dashes. Yep. But just don't use dashes, period, Genevieve. Their practice areas, so that's referring to your firm, their practice areas, I think you should say our practice areas, included family, probate, bankruptcy, and small business law. I was exposed to many parts of a law space suit from observing initial client intake processes, going to court, and physically filing 
You should probably put motions instead of a motion. Dropping off courtesy copies to a judge's chambers. Probably make that plural too. All while running around the city. Oh, God. Cut that all while running around the city part. <laughs> I not only found a job that I enjoyed, mental state, but I found a desire to keep learning and improving with more responsibility, mental state. <sighs> but at least at least she's at a law firm. That's good. And now, I, you know, yeah. I now at least it makes me picture her as a working law clerk instead of as a confused undergrad or right out of college. There. Yeah, it's unfortunate because there's missed opportunities here. I was exposed. I don't want I don't care about what you were exposed to. I want to know what you yeah. did. I observed so, initial client intakes. I went yep. to court and physically filed motions. I yep. dropped off courtesy copies at judges' chambers. Those would all be good facts. Those are all like points in your favor. Mm -hmm. In January 2016, I joined the law firm, comma, Matushek Niles, where I started as a receptionist and was promoted to legal assistant shortly thereafter. That's a bad comma, right? After law firm. Yeah. Um, use Grammarly. Their practice was folk. Sorry, their practice. Again, you could probably say our because you're working there at the time. Our practice focused on toxic torts and premise liability defense. At the same time, I don't really care. Like, what did you do? Right. Additionally, I started courses to obtain my ABA accredited paralegal certificate. Don't need caps on that. At the College of Lake County. It's on your resume. It's on your transcripts. I had the interests and aspirations of working in a legal environment as a paralegal. Good. Okay. Goodbye. That, that, I'm done with that one. Like that's at that point, it's like you're telling me that you were interested and had an aspiration of working as a paralegal right after you told me that you started courses in a paralegal program. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Ooh, this is bad. Sorry. My courses greatly assisted me in understanding the entire life cycle of a lawsuit. E. And now you're using lawsuit as one word before you had it as two. I It's sloppy editing. Yeah. It's a not a good story. It's rehashing a lot, you know, that that first paragraph was such a bummer with the miss what <laughs> imprudently confused. Uh, cut the first paragraph, fix all the editing. This is too much of a, I see your paragraphs in August of 20. So your first paragraph was when you graduated May of 2015. Your next paragraph is in August of 2015. Your third paragraph is January, 2016. Your fifth paragraph is May of 2018. It's like you're basically taking bullet points on your resume and writing a paragraph about each one. You don't want to do that. No. You want to take one experience. And by the way, I don't know. Why not just start with your last one, the one that starts in May of 2018, right. where you're actually at this well-known international law firm. I'm pretty sure they're international. Um, and start talking about what you did there. We don't need to learn about your experience getting there. You're a paralegal at a big law firm, a big fucking law firm. 
Show us what you do there, and that's your personal statement. Nothing else. So I would cut everything up to in May of 2018. I would drop the May of 2018, and I would start talking about your experience at Cat. Yeah, I am a compliance coordinator in the Conflicts of Interest Department at Catton, Muchen, Rosamon. I don't think they, I wonder why they say Rosamond. I, I don't even know if you need all that, but you could, it's kind of a nice firm. So I provide, to mention that. no, I process audit requests on behalf of the firm and don't capitalize firm. Yep. I, and then just say more about what you do now, but not, I have had the invaluable in experience of interacting with the many facets and departments of a big law firm. It's a big law firm. You've already name dropped them. Say what you do there. Yep. Cut all these conclusions. Also, also just everyone, everyone stop using the word additionally. You <laughs> yeah. never, ever need it ever. Yeah. And as well as. All right. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Genevieve. Next one. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's Kaylee. Okay. Kaylee's personal statement. I hiked Mount Elbert this past July. Okay. The tallest peak in the Rockies was my first 14er. I don't I don't know what that means. I do. It's uh, 14,000 foot and higher peaks. They call them 14ers. Okay. But that's only because I like knew people who lived in Denver and went out and bagged peaks like that. It, I don't most people wouldn't know what you're even talking about. Packing camp before dawn, I drove in the dark on Independence Pass to a bumpy Jeep road to a bumpy Jeep road trailhead. Okay. Starting the climb in darkness, my lungs were tested as I gained 4,300 feet in, of elevation in six miles. One bag, heavy with water. Gorp? What's gorp? I'm imagining it's like that energy paste or something. Like right? It's got to be like an endurance athlete food sure. thing. One bag, heavy with water, gorp, and fruit bars. Failed to satiate the pit in my stomach. What? By the way, you don't want a comma before failed one bag that sentence is a bag failed to satiate the pit in my stomach yeah what do you mean it's actually, you ate it's all the food foods. in your bag <laughs> yeah we have to kind of kind of guess what happened hopefully you didn't eat the bag <laughs> that's exactly well that's what it makes it sound like the bag is what failed to sati satiate the pit bag. in her stomach so that does feel weird all right the Picas and the Marlows began their morning marmots. marmots. Marmots? Okay. The Picas and Marmots began their morning routines as the sun crested the first false moments of respite. No, you skipped lines. Your dyslexia <laughs> is showing. The Picas and Marmots began their morning routines as the sun crested in the first false summit. Okay, I'm getting a little like bored honestly yeah it's too <laughs> it's too flowery with the description of the, like we get it you're on a hike you're climbing what about it <laughs> i was the kind of interested in the beginning marmots. right we don't need those i hiked mount El elbert this past july okay, i was like wow, cool tell me about this achievement you had to train for it you had to prepare for it you had to plan it you executed it great but instead 
we get all this description of the bumpy Jeep road trailhead, which is a super clunky phrase. We get the bag that failed to satiate your pit. We got the pikas and the marmots. What? And then we got this next sentence. I think that's got to be a typo. I sketched and rested. Stretched? Well, I assume it could be sketched. She she could have a, a pad Oh, maybe she's drawing yeah. something? Yeah. She could, okay. or it could be stretched. I mean, either way, like half your readers are going to think that that's a typo, so you need to change that. Searching for oxygen in the thin air. <laughs> I captured the beauty of the range in ink. Oh, okay, she is so sketching. sketching. She's drawing. Yeah. Okay. These but moments of respite. Searching for oxygen in the thin air. Yeah, this is a little too poetic. <laughs> These moments of respite made the climb bearable. I stepped carefully through scree and boulder fields to the summit. I don't know what scree is. You know, like rocks or something? Yeah, gravelly bullshit on the... Mm -hmm. Okay. I, ca I stepped carefully through scree and boulder fields to the summit. Smoke and haze from the Dixie fire burning states away clouded my visibility across the Sasquatch range. Uh, okay, like too much. <laughs> What's too the much Dixie detail. fire have to do with anything? The Dixie fire the sucks. I had to leave my house because it was so smoky there. But so? The trail down was even tougher than the climb, Nathan. My knees ached tirelessly. The legacy of chronic Lyme disease afflicting oh, my joints. Oh boy! Come on. Like, <laughs> but this this <laughs> violates my lesson that I wrote a couple weeks ago mm. about omitting negative facts. Yeah. I'm sorry. Lyme disease is not a selling point. Like that's nope. not, no one is ever like, oh, we should admit Kaylee because she has chronic Lyme disease. Yeah. That's not a point in your favor. People keep doing this though, right? Because they think it's like, it's like, oh, look, look at what I've done despite this challenge I have. But we, we don't, we don't need to know about that. Why not just succeed? Period. Everyone has challenges. Yeah. All right. She continues, but comma, I hate, I don't love commas after, but right after you start a sentence. But, comma, I was elated. Well, we've used, we've heard the word elated twice today. I was elated when I finally reached the car. And we should hear elated zero times ever because it's yeah, a conclusion. <laughs> it's a reference to mental states. Mm -hmm. In nine hours, okay, uh, I would write out that number. In nine hours, I summited a mountain and stretched my physical and mental limits beyond measure. Beyond measure. Okay, well, clearly they were measurable. Despite its challenges, staying the course has its rewards. Uh, okay, it's way too overselling, and now you're rhapsodizing. Platitudes. Yep. I mean, like, what do you know about Kaylee right now? After one paragraph. She's a hiker. She's a hiker. That's all I know. Hiker like with chronic name. Lyme disease. Yep. She, she climbed one 14er. And decided that that's what she was going to hang her personal statement on. At least after after one paragraph, that's all we got. You know? And then she, yeah. She, she went up and sketched at the top of the mountain with the pikas and the marmots. And it was hard. It was a hard hike. 
I think she wants us to see her as a badass hiker, but instead right now I'm seeing her as a nature lover. I mean, she talks so much about the animals and <laughs> the ground and the No, boulders. the fact that it's you went on one hike is not a is not that's that's good. One hike is better than zero hikes. But like that's the that's your pitch. Like, I mean, right, you know, if if we got a phone call, Ben, if we're sitting there in the office, with our whole stack of applications and we got a phone call or we had a meeting we had to go to, you know, if we had to put Kaylee's personal statement down right now, we would not be coming back. Right. And that's, that's the point of the exercise. And that's the thing I really want to get across more, maybe more than anything. Yep. They're going to give these statements very little attention. I think frequently they've got a whole mountain of them that they have to get through. They're looking for some sort of a, they want flavor, right? They want like, okay, beyond Kaylee's resume, who is Kaylee? And, and this is like, ah, oh, she went on a hike one time and she overshared her Lyme disease, you know? And when we come yep. back from our little birthday celebration that we have to do in the fucking office, when we come back to our, come back to our desk to do our work, it's like, what's the yep. next one in the pile? Uh, you wouldn't be picking yep. this one back up. No. How much time do we have left on the clock for Kaylee? 90 seconds. Oh, earlier I spent my summers exploring forests on foot in upstate New York with my sketchbook in tow, learning through observation. I was privileged to grow up with access to trails and healthy wilderness in Mohawk ancestral lands. My proximity to nature significantly enhanced my quality of life. Yet, in near high Poughkeepsie, 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 where my mother works, a food desert... A food desert. Food an desert. Old yeah. Food desert. Yeah, okay. A food desert, an old industrial center, exists alongside remnants of PCB. I don't know what that is. Dumping and polluted skies. Who cares? Yeah. Like you have your sketchbook, you're near you're in the wilderness. Like I haven't learned anything new. If I came back and gave you another thirty seconds, I'd still be like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay next sorry yeah this is just like she's like nature's good pollution's bad um then you know i yeah we're done but at a small scale i noticed how local zoning laws and regulations made a difference in land use and environmental health now you're an expert yeah you're an artist reference to mental states telling me that land that regulations and zoning matters yeah no shit I don't know, man. I want, God, I want to be on these people's side. I am on your side, Kaylee. You're just like, this story ain't, you're not encouraging me (laughs) to believe in you more. And then look at what Kaylee says later. So in the future at age 11. (laughs) Oh no. Which means you were talking about something before age 11. Oh no. It's really not good. Oh, and it's a bad thing that happened. You got flooded by Hurricane Sandy. Okay, you getting flooded by Hurricane Sandy is not a point in your favor. Yeah, it's not. It's a zero. It's just a zero. You, it, I understand that it was a big deal to you. Fuck yeah, it was a big deal to you. <laughs> Hurricane yeah. Sandy. I remember. That. And your house yeah. getting flooded. That's a big deal to you. It's not a big deal to the law, the law schools. Are like, yeah. So what's that have to do with your application to my law school? Mm-hmm. Like. You know, I think what she's trying to get across here is I care about the environment. 
she eventually gets into what is this okay third paragraph i sought a way to channel my environmental concerns vegetarianism and recycling were not a panacea and advocacy was an antidote to despair oh no cut that whole sentence and actually talk about what you did in advocacy yeah look at this last paragraph beginning of the last paragraph Fearless advocacy yep. and legal analysis will prepare me to meet the next generation of challenges. It's like, w- what, you have that or you're going to get that? Well, it's like she's I, trying to sell law school to law schools. Yeah. It's like, tell them that they. this is a common mistake. Rhapsodizing about how important law is. I, I wanted to go back to the sentence you just read. Right after it, she continues, Advocacy allowed me to integrate my love for the planet with political action, public service, and community organizing. Okay, we've talked about this earlier on this episode. The word advocacy is vague. I have yeah. no idea what you're doing. And so when you say it, what you you standing in front of like people literally advocating for some cause? Are you writing emails? Are you what are you doing? So stop, everyone, stop using the word advocacy. And along with that, maybe stop using the word work. You may want to replace work with what you yeah. actually did. All right, we got two more if we can get through them. We got Walter. Okay. The, I, okay. I wanted to make a note here about Walter. Uh, sure. This is an email. I took the LSAT twice, scoring 165 and 180. This is a former Demon student who okay. uh, studied with us and eventually scored actual 180. I applied to Berkeley, Harvard, Yale, Columbia, UVA, Chicago, Michigan, and USC. I was rejected by the first three and waitlisted by the rest. My undergraduate GPA is slightly below 3.9. So this is like a 3.85 and a 180 who got rejected at Berkeley, Harvard, Yale, and waitlisted at all the rest of these schools. Wow. Wow. I'm wondering if I made an unforgivable mistake in my personal statement. I fired back right away and said, hey, dude, when did you apply? And he says he applied toward the end of November slash beginning of December. Okay. And I think that's a big part of the problem. It's also, I mean, last cycle, most competitive cycle ever. He applied middle. Go ahead. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, at, at the same time... I mean, yeah, he's applying late. I agree. And it was a competitive cycle. But I also feel like with the 180 and a 3.85, I'm just, um, you know, it's like they want to make room for these good numbers. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think that helped. I wonder what he did in his personal statement. Is this the one he used to? Apply? Yeah. So here we go. I rushed around okay. the building, blocking off hallways with folding chairs. So it's it was like dropping us into the action here. Sure. A green need a comma. New Deal protest was overwhelming Congressman X's district office. And I, the lone intern, worked to direct the protesters' stampede as staff members tried to develop a dialogue with them. Rebuffing the staff's attempts, the crowd's most zealous members began interrogating the district director demanding she divulge the congressman's opinion on the Green New Deal. As the harangue fast approached a fever pitch, 
the staff and I, cloistered in a side hall, discussed how we might regain control of the situation. Our conversation was interrupted when the district director realized a reporter was recording her, precipitating a tense exchange between the two of them about the recording's publication. The congressman's D.C. office makes initial policy announcements, and she worried the recording might subvert this practice. She was eventually able to reassure the group that Congressman X would announce his stance on the Green New Deal shortly, leading the appeased protesters to trickle out of the office. Um, I'm struggling to see how this is about Walter. Right. Walter didn't do anything here. This is... He moved chairs around. You're trying to block off protesters. I found it a little too... Um, I felt this tone was kind of too hostile toward the protesters. He made some editorial choices, including calling it a harangue. I looked yeah. up harangue. Harangue is a lengthy and aggressive speech. That's weird. I, I've heard harangue as a verb, like you harangue or harass someone. But this is the noun version of that, I guess. Yeah, but I think it's actually maybe potentially wrong. Like I, I, I'm not unfamiliar with that word but it still it made me um made me google it for a definition yeah. which mm. is not good if i have to look up a definition of a word just because it feels weird to me that's probably not a good sign and i thought that they were interrogating the district director but now you're calling it a harangue but google tells me that a harangue is a lengthy and and aggressive speech I think You're a harangue is something that's done yeah. by one person. And this sounds like a mob firing questions at someone. Anyway, go ahead. Well, also like to your point about the wording, right? So in interrogating zealous fever pitch, right? right. Stampede. All these judgments like, about the protesters. Super loaded terms. Right. It, Just say, yeah. Well, it makes him look like a right winger. Right winger. Yeah. Because he's... Trying to, yeah. Well, he works for a these. congressman that's getting attacked by these protest yeah. environmental protesters. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know, your politics are showing maybe. Or maybe, I could be totally wrong, but that's what I'm inferring from this is like, sure. oh, he's a right winger. He hates these environmental protesters. You know, they're attacking his guy and he's using all these loaded terms. <sighs> Like these people are there to subvert your practice of making policy announcements and it's a harangue and they're zealous and all those things, stampeding. It's like, okay, we get it. You're on the other team. Imagine this for a second, Walter. If this happened to President Obama, if a group of people came up to him protesting, I don't care what they're protesting. This is about the Green New Deal, but whatever. Would he turn around and describe it in this way? I don't think he would. I think he would say, hey, we had some people, we had some disagreements. Obama strikes me, uh, maybe this reveals my politics, but I'm actually more of a libertarian, but he strikes me as kind of like cool, calm-headed, right? No drama so, Obama. That was Yeah, his no goal. drama Obama. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, 
what does that do? It just shows you that you're kind of rising above. You're like, look, right. they're just people. They're just a little upset. Like, we're just going to work it out. They have some concerns. We have some concerns. We're just going to talk about it. Instead, you're making it this like thing. Oh, we, well, we cloistered in the side hall. It's like, oh, my it's, God. Yeah, it almost sounds like the January 6th. The, yeah, January 6th <laughs> riot. It's yeah. like um, maybe they're just like, Do hey, we don't. Right? What is Is it January, was it January 6th? I think so. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's what he's, he's trying to make it sound like that. Yeah. But it's really like, yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree. He, well, he's, he's trying to like, he's trying to like put, create this picture of this like vibrant, like, wow, look at this thing, you know, look at, look at this event. But what he ends up doing is kind of shitting on the other side and yeah, making it look like he's kind of overselling the drama and, that's a very long paragraph where Walter didn't actually take any action other than move some chairs around. Yeah, it sounds like he's this passive observer too. Right. Oh, we cloistered in the hall and listened to this other person right. address the journalist. So let me let me let me move on a little bit. There was one thing in here that I really want to make sure I get to. Okay, sorry. Let me say one more. Yep, sorry. <laughs> one more thing. The top three schools, right? He said rejected him. Yeah, I got rejected, rejected to Berkeley, Harvard, Yale, and then waitlisted everywhere else. Okay, so, I mean, Stanford wasn't listed there, but it's not surprising to me that Harvard and Yale, and, and Berkeley for that matter, were just like, we're, we're done, we're out. Those are Ivy League schools. They are like at the very top of whatever mountain you may imagine, and they like to think of themselves as intellectuals. This is the opposite of intellectual right now. Because mm. it's just right? too much with the like... Look at this crazy emergency that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In response to the protest, Congressman X decided to hold a town hall to discuss the proposal and publicly state out a position. Stake. Stake out a position. And that's not... Okay, but that's not you doing anything. Nope. I volunteered to help Logan, a junior staff member, organize the event. In preparation for the town hall, I reviewed the congressman's record on past environmental legislation and read the House resolution on establishing a Green New Deal. I noticed a particular absence of firm policy proposals in the resolution, and that's capitalized. Don't do that. Recently, having taken an industrial organization class, I found myself wondering what policies would best accomplish two of the document's stated goals, colon, limiting monopolies and promoting competition. Hoping these issues would be addressed at the town hall, I turned my focus to helping Logan with preparations. After searching through regional newspapers for information on climate activism and perusing the office's files for recipients of climate-related service awards, I created a prospective attendee list and we got to work inviting constituents. That's the second paragraph. I have one real big problem with that paragraph. I don't know why it I don't know why it bothers me so much. But who the fuck is Logan? <laughs> yeah, who is Logan? Why is he showing up in your personal statement? Um I I I agree. I also have a problem with the fact that he kind of alluded to the fact that he had taken a class which would then make him some sort right. of expert and it's like okay, that just makes stop. him look real young. Yep. You know, like I, this one class I took in college is going to make me the guy. 
<laughs> found myself wondering. I would cut what that. Policies? I would yeah. keep the details about what you did because what you did is good. Yep. Yeah. And I like the research and figuring out who to invite. That actually seems kind of interesting. Yep. But not especially for Yale. Like this is their kind of shit. Yeah. Leave your industrial organization class out of it, though. I, we don't need to hear about that. And Logan. Why? Lo- well, who's Logan? Logan really needs to go. Um, we're running out of time. <laughs> so the second, the third paragraph is like, here's what happened during that meeting. Fourth paragraph. I read scholarly articles and literature from the Department of Justice, met with an international economist, then chose to specifically focus on the diversion ratio, which is a quantitative measure used in antitrust analysis. This stuff could be good. This could be good. Yeah. Well, this sounds a lot less dramatic yeah. and more analytical. Hey, later in the paragraph, over several months, I assembled a data set, wrote code that refined the data, defined new variables, then performed linear regressions until I had an accurate model. I incorporated these results into my thesis and started preparing for the research conference where I would showcase my work. All oh, that perfect. stuff is great. Yeah. Keep. Yes, that's what they want. I yeah. bet they didn't even read the whole no, statement. Fuck I no. bet they're like, what the? Ugh. No, they're like, ah, this guy doesn't like the protesters. Okay, bye. Also, who the fuck is Logan? I mean, Logan <laughs> Logan is mentioned twice in that second paragraph by first name it's only. Marine, man. As if it's a person that we need to know. Look, Ben, one, two, three, four, fifth paragraph. Yeah. My coworker, comma, Logan, comma, made a surprise <laughs> visit to see my thesis presentation. What? We'd been discussing my project's progression for months, and he wanted to see the final project, final product. He went on to share the role our town hall had played in my thesis's conception with other staffers. Intrigued, the district director asked me to describe my research to her, then requested I summarize my project for the congressman's consideration before votes on antitrust legislation why does logan have to show up again i see that okay so in walter's mind logan was the reason that the district director ended up asking for his research but walter's research just cut just don't need, just the district director asked yeah. me to describe my research yeah we're, there we go now we know people are interested somehow they found out about you we don't care how we don't care about the wolverine coming in and, and <laughs> helping you out <laughs> <laughs> yeah my co-worker logan made a surprise visit to see my thesis presentation oh it's, it's like i don't know it's just such a bizarre man i mean especially now if we're talking about harvard and yale and you know that those types of schools they have a yeah. mountain of applications Yep. They're looking for reasons to, to get rid of you. Yep. And I wouldn't, you know, Walter said, I'm worried if I made an unforgivable mistake. I don't know that it's an unforgivable mistake, but like I get, I get done with this and I'm like, what, why did you bring up this Logan? What is and, that? And it's, a, it's a missed opportunity because Walter clearly has these analytical things that he's done that he could talk about and come across as the, the, oh, I can't even pronounce that word very well. Quincent, how do you say that again? Quintessential. Quintessential. Thank you. Quintessential student at these schools, right? Like this is what they're looking for. Nerds who yeah. can crunch numbers. Totally. Yeah. Walter, make it more nerdy. Don't get, <laughs> cut the drama. 
Cut Logan. Cut the friend. <laughs> Cut the Wolverine. <laughs> he doesn't need to be in your personal. He's not going to my law school. You're going to my law school. So get rid of Logan. Get rid of the drama with the chairs blocking off the hallways. We don't need any of that. Say more. You did serious work. Talk about Dude. the serious work you did. And antitrust law is hard shit for a lot of lawyers because they're not good at numbers. So they don't touch antitrust with and, a 10 foot pole. And that's exactly the type of person who like you show them that you've got those chops. Yeah. This looks like I, I totally believe Walter as a go to fucking Yale and go straight into big law. I, I yep. that's, a, I'm sure and help with M and a, that's what you'll be doing. I am sure that Walter could be successful as an antitrust lawyer. Yep. But you, he missed the mark on this personal statement badly by attempting to wrap it in this dramatic moment for no reason, very bizarrely bringing up his coworker and mentioning him by name three times. It says Logan three times in this statement <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Logan. Yeah. Is Logan applying to law school? No. And you know, what's crazy now that we're talking about, it, I mean, it's one thing to be rejected by Berkeley, Harvard, and Yale, but you were also rejected by Columbia. Well, UVA, waitlisted Chicago, by all these Michigan, places. Or waitlisted. You, but it's still waitlisted, right? With a 180 and a 3.85. Yeah. Those schools would be like, hey, let's take that 180 and bump our numbers up a little bit more. But no, they looked at your personal statement and you, maybe the time of your application and said, all right, we're good at this point. Very yeah. strange choice not to apply to UCLA. Uh, or more schools. Why right? would you apply to Berkeley, to? USC, and not UCLA? Mm -hmm. That seems strange, but maybe there's reasons. And where's Stanford in this mix? Right. Where's Stanford? Where's Duke? Where's all the rest of the top NYU. <laughs> that does Cornell. seem like a strange selection. Anyway, um... Walter, you can do much better. You need to just write about like your research and antitrust. Leave your classes out yep. of it. Talk about the data set, the coding, all that shit. Talk about your recommendations. You can go ahead and include the part about your district director asking you to do whatever. People are interested. They're actually looking at your shit. And, and yeah. focus on the antitrust. And send it back. If we can read it, we will. All right, one more. Let's do it. Emma's personal statement. Okay. Yep. I am a horseman. Okay. That's a one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Emma took your advice very literally. I am a horseman. I don't actually, what does that mean? Yeah. The, the problem with that, Emma, is that it's, <laughs> you know what a horseman is, but no one else. I mean, like, okay. I, the Olympics was just on. I get uh, maybe you jump horses or you do um, dressage or you, fucking you could be a cowboy. I don't know. Like you, there's a lot of range for horsemen. I think you probably could cut that and just tell your story anyway. Okay. Uh, in families of an equine orientation, am I saying that word right? I know that I would say equine. Equine. I also don't think you need the an. She put in families of an equine orientation. If you're going to use that, I think you could have said in families of equine orientation. 
Well, I have to step back and just wonder about this whole phrasing, period. Yeah, well, I was if you're going to do it, that's how you would do <laughs> yeah. it, but yeah. maybe don't do it. Okay. In families of equine, equine orientation mm-hmm. like my own, it is apparent when a child, quote, has the bug. Uh, like the... <laughs> Scare quotes around like colloquialisms. Mm-hmm. You don't need them. You know, anytime you're considering putting quotes like that around a phrase, maybe don't use that phrase. You know, it's funny you say that Leslie, who's my cousin and helps edit personal statements yes. on occasion, she is all she has been cutting out those quotes from me for so long that I just finally, I don't ever use them anymore. It's like, she's like, why do you need this? Why do you need this? It just use the word to say the word. Yeah. Well, I mean, half of English is colloquialisms anyway. Exactly. So you could just, we're all English speakers. You don't need to call out the fact. I mean, we get it that you don't actually have a bug. I would say only use these quotes if you don't mean it. Right. Really? That's when you're like, you're putting quotes around something. I'll have to watch myself to see if I ever do it in my own writing. I don't think I probably do. I think I just go ahead and say it. But like if you mean the opposite of what you're saying, right? You're like, I'm hungry, but you're really not hungry. That's the only time I might maybe use quotes because you're actually. (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird sentence. I don't know why I'd ever say that. But anyways, (laughs) my bag didn't satiate me. So. It is apparent when a child, quote, has the bug. Okay, apparently for horses. The universal symptoms of a horseman display at a young age. Colon, obsession, curiosity, and passion. Uh, Uh, Now you're talking about yourself as a kid. I don't want to hear about it. Passion. Eventually, passion. Passion. It's amazing. Emma, where did that come from? I mean, we've we've been yelling (laughs) about that word for 300 episodes of this podcast. I mean, it just, I don't. Oh my God, read the rest of this paragraph. We need a buzzer so that whenever these things happen, semicolons, whatever, we just hit it. Okay. Eventually, sometime during adolescence, obsession molds into an unwavering dedication and curiosity matures into a dynamic knowledge. What? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I Fuck, I stepped on it. Go ahead. It's okay. Last sentence. Passion remains. Fuck off. I I don't know what's going on. Come on. Really? it's just it's i mean it's so this is exactly the opposite of what we always recommend yep states of mind youth passion i I don't i don't want to know any of this no you're a tell an adult story emma i'm happy to hear about your horsemening i'm happy to hear about that stuff but not with all these conclusions and stuff about when you were a little kid and, oh, it was apparent that you had the bug when you were... Who gives a shit? What? Who are you now? Uh, go ahead. As a teenager, I was singly, 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 singly responsible for the training needs and well-being for a barn full of valuable horses. Okay. As a teenager... Okay, you're telling me about you as a kid. The winters included challenges ranging from, people love these ranges, 
ranging from frozen water pipes to mysterious. Oh, you got a buzzer. Got a buzzer. You got a buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. You can use it anytime. I didn't mean to it's deploy like, nope. it right there. I was just testing it. But yes, yeah, so the buzzer is now equipped. Okay, good. Okay. Okay, I need to get one too. Yeah. Um, the winters included challenges ranging from frozen water pipes to mysterious equine disease, which required consistent monitoring and administration of medications. All fitted around the hours of high school. Uh, I don't want to hear about high school. I proved my capability. But more than that, my steadfast commitment to my responsibilities both as a horseman and a student. According to you, that's just a yeah. conclusion. Where's the facts? And also, this is about high school. Moving on. And moving on. But Emma, I will say I've given you three paragraphs and none of these have done anything. Not even the first one. Um, well, you could have said all this in one sentence. I mean, it's like I'm a lifelong horseman. I've been a horseman since I was four. But who cares? Yeah. I, like, well, even if you started when you were in college, now you're a horseman. What are you doing? Yeah. I, I guess all I'm saying is get it could be. to the you could get next it. thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> condense all that. Get rid of all of that, basically, and get to the point. Having dual enrolled at a community college. I graduated from high school early to pursue a career in writing. I took my first out-of-state job in Florida where I studied under-gifted horsemen. Under-gifted horsemen from around the world? Okay. I think that should be one word, but I don't understand what that group is. My competitive... No, she studied under... Oh, thank God. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> she wasn't studying <laughs> under-gifted horsemen. <laughs> hey, look, where this is going, I was like, whatever. Like, <laughs> No, she's, she's, these are gifted horsemen. They're not under-gifted. <laughs> I don't love that phrasing, by the way. I studied under people. To me, it's just kind of like, okay, you learned from them. Okay, I, okay. I studied under gifted horsemen from around the world. My competitive aspirations were halted though after making the decision to retire my horse. In the intermediate wake of that choice. Immediate wake. Uh, in the immediate wake of that choice dash quite serendipitously I received a spontaneous message. What the fuck with the adjectives? <laughs> Serendipitously and then spontaneous. I received a spontaneous message from the owner at one breakaway farm, which is capitalized, in need of a barn manager and exercise rider for a thoroughbred for thoroughbred racehorses. A discipline in which I had little experience. Okay, so you're not good at that. Tell us what you are good at. Why do Tell people what you're doing. always talk about job offers? I don't know. They I. <laughs> they want to tell us how they got to where they are. Just tell us what you're doing now. On my first day, I failed the initial test, dash, or so I thought. Okay, that's not a... You're not winning yet. Almost immediately, my mount dropped me to the ground hard. Hard in italics. <laughs> That's it. That yeah. That's a habit that uh, Ben broke me of. I used to use mm. italics and bold and shit all the time because I was trying to like put the emphasis on a word. And Ben said, "Dude, 
your writing is strong enough as it is without all this decoration let the words speak for themselves and so i've i've pretty much i think broken myself of it but like i'm always tempted i i want to do the control i i'm like so <laughs> tempted to put italics and then i just go mm, no yeah. dropped you to the ground hard fine okay flushed with embarrassment i bounced to my feet and assured my future boss and mentor I'll leave right now. To which he replied, get back on the horse if you're willing. Uh, and I did. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hear about this story. Like you doubted yourself and someone was like, nope, you're fine. Like that's not a, that's not a win. No. Later he admitted. It's the literally getting back on the horse. Is the, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> She's like, oh, I have to tell this story. <laughs> okay. Uh, later he admitted that it was in that moment that he decided to hire me, recognizing that I am a true horseman, tough. Stop telling me that. Mm. Like you got knocked off the horse one time and got back on. That says so much more than you then trying to force that conclusion that you're tough and determined. Also, you didn't sound tough and determined when the first thing you, you quoted yourself. (laughs) (laughs) which why but you quoted yourself as saying i'll leave right now exclamation points that's That's the first thing you said you fell off one time you jump i'll i'm out of here bye i'm out and then the guy said no get back on the horse that doesn't make you look tough and determined no it makes you look like a quitter You fall off a horse and then you get back on it again. That's the phrase. Not uh, you fall off the horse, protest, and then someone else tells you to get back on and you get back on. She made us such a weird word choice there. Flushed with embarrassment, I bounced to my feet and assured my future boss and mentor, I'll leave right now. The assured there is like, don't worry. I'm goodbye. I'm I'm firing myself. I'm out of here. Goodbye. Don't worry. I'll. I assure you I'm leaving. <laughs> and then he's like, no, we need someone to do this job. Could you try again? And you just fell off a horse. It's okay. Stop making it such a big deal. Um, five and a half years later, I woke up at four 30 this morning. Whoa. It's a weird, like shift in time. Yeah. Frame. We just leapt oh. into the present moment. We're now in present tense. Wow. You wrote this today. Yep. I wrote up a- <laughs> but you didn't. I woke up at 4.30 this morning, as I do six, sometimes all seven days a week, dash, and reported to my job as the barn manager at Breakaway Farm. <laughs> Stop using dashes. <laughs> Stop mentioning Breakaway Farm, all caps, every time. <laughs> what do you do? I mean, like, I also don't say as I do six, sometimes all seven days a week. Yeah. You're like overselling yeah. something that's not. Just that say impressive. you got up at four, you I, just say, I get up at four thirty. That, that does say something. Yep. I get up at four thirty. Okay, good. What do you do at work? Yeah. There are no true off days when responsible for the lives of horses. These creatures do not partake of in. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> These creatures do not partake in holidays. Wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> they don't. 
They don't. Horses Shouldn't don't they have celebrate holidays? like Columbus Day, right? Isn't that when they did they get brought to America then <laughs> through Columbus? <laughs> when the enslaving happened, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. These creatures do not partake do in not the holidays. Pr- okay. These creatures do not partake in holidays, nor do they recognize human sickness or poor driving conditions. When Just the, say you work 365 days a year. Like you could you could have said this in such a better way by just like mentioning like I don't know, how about a little anecdote of like one Christmas morning? Yeah. When I was cleaning out the stalls at 4 fucking 45 in the morning. Oh yeah, we get it. You work on a holiday, the the America's favorite take a break holiday. But that would be great, right? I mean, that would be much better than this. This yeah. like lengthy there are no true off days when responsible for the lives of horses. These creatures do not partake in holidays. Okay, instead, <laughs> right? And it's like, because now it's like the, the horses are the subject of the sentence instead of her being the subject of the sentence. Yep. And you could have given us that picture of like, yeah, I, hey, I get, I mean, I guess I do understand that. Like she literally does get up at like 4.30 in the morning and go, work with these horses on fucking Christmas. There's okay. weird, yeah, yeah, but that's all you need to say. You're, you're you could have just said much. it that way <laughs> instead of all this convoluted shit. Yeah. When employees under my management are unable to attend to the horse's needs, whether we are short-staffed or is my weekly day off, I accept the responsibility of bridging the gaps personally. Well, that's what leaders do. Um, I mean, it's a little heavy-handed with the way she's yeah. saying that, but yeah. like... You, you could have just said the buck stops with me, basically, you know, yep. like if somebody calls in sick, I got to go. I if take care of it. Somebody wants Christmas off. I got to go. Well, even then it's like you could, or you could be the one who coordinates a system in which yeah. those things are covered and you don't do it, but you make sure you, that that happens. That's right. Another <clears throat> thing after the first year at breakaway. So now we've dropped the word farm from a capitalized title. At the first year, after the first year at Breakaway, I applied to college in 2017 while recovering from a severe spleen injury. Ooh, okay. Again, not a point in your favor. Where's <laughs> the buzzer? Oversharing medical the buzzer shit. For this. <laughs> Oversharing medical shit. You know, it, it's like that's a 90-year-old grandmother behavior. Yeah. And I I say this because I just was at my grandmother's 90th birthday and in the middle of like 75 people, the first thing she said when I went to say hi to her and give her a hug, the very first thing she's like, she looks around, make sure nobody else is like listening, although they definitely were because she's the birthday girl. Yeah. And she looks around and she goes, I was on the toilet this morning and I <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> she had like, she had like rolled off of the toilet, Ooh. you know? Wow. And it's like, and bruised, she wanted to show me her like bruised leg or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I know you've got medical issues. You're 90. You're not healthy at all. We got it. We don't need to know about, do you, do you need to know about Emma's spleen? It's not, it's what you've just been saying like 10 times. It's not a point in your favor. It's not like, oh, spleen injury, check. Yeah, we need one of those. Oh, man, we got, you know, this, this, she's on dialysis and she's got this other thing. We don't have any spleen. We got to get one of, 
Ch- yeah. Okay. Having grown not sorry, having grown to not only depend on my racehorse job, but also to love it. I scheduled all my classes in the afternoons, which enabled me to do both. With the addition of t- tuition payments on the growing stack of bills that comes with adulthood. Uh, what? I took on another industry, colon, food service. Took on another industry. <laughs> like, you got a job at McDonald's. Like, like you're a you titan didn't... of, like, these, like, you're like Amazon. You're like Bezos. <laughs> Move into another industry. My two jobs, with the extraordinary support of my bosses, have allowed me to obtain a degree in under five years. In December of 2021, I will graduate at the age of 23 with virtually no student debt and a strong GPA. Uh, it's on. Uh, it's on your resume. I. I don't. I don't know what you're telling me, Emma. What's the point of saying graduate in under, get a degree in under five years? I don't see how that's a selling point. Most people do it in three or four. Right. Most of the old folks that are going to be reading your personal statement are like, what? I graduated in four years. I worked. I, so? So five years. Great. For years, I have balanced my time and energy. You're just telling me this. I have balanced my time and energy between the devotion required by racehorses, the demands of my school schedule, and the fast pace, fast pace necessary to serve in an upscale restaurant. Pick a story. I have the attention. Oh dear! Now you're just telling me if, like, you're asserting something. I have the attention to detail needed when. Bandaging the tendons of a 1,200-pound, million-dollar athlete. The focus required when sitting for back-to-back exams. The mindset to maintain composure when getting triple-seated as a server. And the dedication to do it all. Uh, Wait, what? And the dedication to do all of that in one day. And then again the next. Okay, this is like I would have been gone so long ago. How much time do we have left for Emma? Yeah, no, we're way over time. Oh, I mean, okay. that right, that part right there was like a straight lie. You did not, you did not bandage the tendons of a twelve hundred pound horse, and sit for back to back exams, and get triple seated at your job as a server, all in the same day. And then again the next day. No, you nope. didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> Wait, the tendons are hurt again? Okay. Oh, well, we got to yeah. go bandage them. You might have done that one day, but you definitely did not sit for back-to-back exams two days in a row. Yep. That didn't happen. Yep. Um, She's so got you're one just more. overselling. It's just too much. I mean, It's too much, too broad, and not enough yeah. specifics about one particular case. Your last paragraph, since we're here. I'm going to get my buzzer ready. Hold on. Yeah, get it ready. We're going to need like three buzzers in this one. Okay. My intention is simple, colon. Okay, state of mind. Thank you. I will bring that innate obsession turned dedication, curiosity turned knowledge, (laughs) and above all, oh no, above all else, passion to my to all my endeavors just I as broke i always have up next colon law school period 
<laughs> That's a very whimsical end to the statement. Um, oh boy, Emma, you you could totally tell. I, I would pick a lane for sure. Yep. Because you undercut the horsemanship part when you also tell me about getting your degree at the same time. And you also tell me about the serving job. I don't really think we need that. I I think you got to pick one, you know, you're, you're still, it sounds like you still work at breakaway and you're like a serious person there. I would probably just, only tell that story yeah give us more details like uh, you alluded to the fact that you provide medical help for these animals talk about a situation where that happened and you had to make a decision about something talk about a situation where someone got sick and you had to step in and take care of their animal it seems like there's a lot there that i don't know anything about that could show you kicking ass and then you're gonna probably need a paragraph explaining why you're shifting from being a horseman to being an yeah. attorney. Yep. Cool. Thank you. Um, I would say overall with all these statements, it seemed like they had things that they could talk about. They just didn't talk about them very well. And sometimes there's nothing there to talk about. Right. May- yeah. Maybe- I think everybody has something. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm fairly confident that everybody has a story that they could tell, yeah. but yeah, people just don't, they either, you know, like Walter was trying to go way over dramatic with the story, like make it, you don't need to make it cinematic. Like Walter was trying to do with the harangue and yeah. the blocking off hallways with folding chairs, by the way, that wouldn't do a very good job of blocking off a hallway. Um, you know, that, that was like, when we say tell a story, we don't mean be cinematic. We mean, tell a story of you being successful in your job. Yep. And I think Emma, I bet Emma has a hundred different wins that she could tell us about, but she just doesn't really bother to do that. She's very unfocused and way too many conclusions. I mean, Mm. just, she said passion three times. Obsession. She oddly claimed that she has focus, but her personal statement does not reflect that. So yeah, it was totally unfocused because of the, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of all over the place. Emma, you know, keep it like now you're only 23. Don't say that. Keep it, keep it recent and present yourself as a professional. Tell us stories about managing your people at the barn or the farm. Yeah. Tell us stories about when, you know, it could be that something went wrong and you fixed it. It could be that you identified a problem in the barn, the farm, and implemented new procedures to make it better. I don't know anything about the world of horses, so I could see myself being interested in something that happened with one of these million-dollar athletes. Mm-hmm. I I didn't like. I really didn't like. Actually, I didn't make a comment at the time, but I really didn't like the part where your competitive aspirations were halted after you made the decision to retire your horse. That like weirdly makes you sound like a rich kid. And it also seems like you're protesting too much. Like, well, I could have been a competitive rider, but I had to stop because my horse got retired. 
it's like, okay, just leave that out of there. I mean, talk yeah. about what you do do and focus on the successes instead of this, like, I mean, cause I also, you know, the decision to retire your horse could have been like, put the horse down <laughs> potentially, you know? Yeah. Like, so, which we don't want to hear about that. And we don't want to hear about your spleen. We don't want to hear about the spontaneous message you got from the barn manager to offer you the job. Good luck. Give it another try. Hopefully there's a better draft out there. I really do hope that all of, I mean, I think all of these statements need significant work, but I hope that our comments, you know, I, I 95% of what we do is like knocking shit down. But the idea is that what remains is going to be a stronger foundation to build from. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope it's helpful. Everybody keeps emailing in their statements. So, I mean, they must understand what we're trying to do. But I, it's, I know that it can kind of come off as a little bit harsh because we're just like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Yeah. And it's hard not <laughs> to laugh sometimes, but hopefully you're laughing with us. I mean... You got to hear how funny these things sound sometimes when they're read out loud. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for sending in your personal statement. Thanks, y'all. Um, be LSAT famous or personal statement famous, for that matter. Email us at help at thinkinglsat.com, and we will answer your questions. We will get back to more normal questions soon, but right now there's a huge demand for personal statement uh, reviews. So Yeah, it's that time of year. Yeah. Anyways, um, if you have questions about the LSAT demon, that's our platform to help people get ready for the LSAT email help at LSATdemon.com. That help team is pretty responsive. I've noticed that they get back yep. to people quickly, which is awesome. That was episode 312 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school.